Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name is Dan Huff from Twickenham. We've had a slightly different type of cricketing weekend. By that I mean there's been a bit of weather about. A few games didn't make it through. Other games were shortened. But it's definitely provided us as cricket watchers with a quite a wide array of results to take note of. I'll be doing that as ever alongside Sal Manali from North London. Sal, how are you? You okay? I'm good, Dan. Yeah, I'm just thinking we both predicted Asher score lines, which are still possible possibilities. I think you went 3-1 Australia. That's right, I did. And I yeah. went 2-2. Two, two. So at the minute, we both have a chance of being correct. They are arguably the most two likely scores now, aren't they? Well, I mean, I think there could be five results by the way they're playing at the moment. Yeah, I think my 3-1 was more based on two days being lost to rain somewhere, which we, which we haven't quite had, have we? No, not so far. Um, but great stuff. Again, great stuff. You know, the, I thought the third test was fantastic. You see much yeah. of it? I just caught bits of it, but just sort of try and follow as much as you can when I'm at work or from, you know, out on Saturday. Just trying to see what's taking place. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a great series so far. Yeah. When we were, I was looking before at YouTube with my kids trying to find... 15 minutes of entertainment before tea arrived. And we watched the 1981 last day, Headingley. Now, not all of it. I'm not going to put my two seven-year-olds through, no. through six hours of it, but we watched the highlights. And one, Headingley has changed. <laughs> Statement mm. of the obvious. But when you see what it was really like back then, do you remember the coconut shy? No. So behind the bowl at the Kirk Sullivan. I've never been, I've never been to the ground itself. And I think you can see on the TV, though. They, they, they had okay. a, obviously white but it wasn't a science screen and people could sit right behind it so all you could see was like from their eyes and above and I said who thought that was a good idea you know having these people sitting right behind the sun anyway we, we watched it for an hour or so and Bob Willis coming racing in it was uh, yeah, yeah it was a different planet altogether massive great pitch invasion at the end which we don't yeah know that was the days. yeah great stuff but you've been a busy man yourself haven't you you've got well one uh, county league game in and one cricket and festival right yeah, it was a busy weekend. As you mentioned, Saturday there was rain involved also in my game. 
And also when we speak about the games later on, we're not aware of how many overs are lost in each of the games, really. So we're kind of just second-guessing there was Ray involved with some of these fixtures. So, yes, yeah, so we can make it up a bit. Yeah. yeah, we've only got the availability of the scorecards that we can go by, really. However, yeah, my game, which we lost today, we had some rain. We were actually fortunate enough to get on just before the cut-off time arrived where play can't start effectively. So yeah. whoever God's kind of looked after us. And yesterday, yeah, fantastic. They mentioned in the past, Trianca Crew Festival is a really good event. You know, there must be an excess of 5,000 people there. Um, a lot of people, that is. It's a lot of people, mate. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people having a good time. Yeah, Nisanka and Summit, both panel umpires, do an amazing job in getting games on and just running the admin and just getting teams ready to play. So it's not an easy job what they, what they have to do. So credit to both those two guys. I thought the day ran really smoothly. And again, weather was good. So it's a probably good event. You know, equally as good as last, last year, I would say. Fantastic. And I heard a rumour, Sal. I'm not asking you to pass judgment on this, but a man cat's in the game again in your world. Did, did you have a couple? We did have a couple in my game of Saturday, yes. I stress, I'm not asking you to pass judgment. It was just a, a yes-no question. So you had two in one game. Well, apparently also now the family of us did not to be called man cat anymore. They, oh, asked, run out they, wrote, they wrote to the MCC, apparently, or spoke to the MCC. So we'll just call it a run-out. Yeah, so I had two run-outs at the... Uh, I, I well, we win the laws of the game nowadays. Well, so. what I was going to say, I've played in a number of games, actually, where there have been one run out at the bowler's end, as we're, as we're now calling it, but never two. So that is a new one on me. Can I just one question? Go for it. What, what were Osterley like after the second run out at the bowler's end? I mean, were they sort of apoplectic at their own batsmen or were they like, what the hell is going on here? Well, number, number 10 came in. He did take up an interest position when he was at the non-strikers end, at the bowler's end making sure he wouldn't be out of his crease when the ball okay. came to bowl. Well, as I said, it's, 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 it's a way of dismissing people. Totally. the laws of the game. And if you think someone's doing it and you're, the opportunity is there, there's no reason why you can't do it. Oh, yeah, I'm not um, judging it. I just, just don't understand why people are not behind the lines. And I never will. I don't get it either. Exactly. <laughs> Stay yeah. behind the goddamn yeah, line. Exactly. It's just something that you, happens and players should be more aware of it and just make sure they don't fall for that kind of situation. Absolutely. One other thing, I was I was going to have a game myself on Saturday, so although I wasn't yeah. too far from you. You were Winchmore Hill, weren't you? And I was over at in Potter's Bar at Old Owens, playing, well, not playing, but Twickenham's third 11 against Finchley third 11. We had a very good tea at Old Owens. We waited. It rained a bit, stopped a bit, rained a bit. And that, that, that cut-off time eventually beat us. So, so, so yeah, we, we didn't get a ball in, which is a bit disappointing. I don't get many games at the moment, but I, I was hoping I might get... Rather more now. Well, I would say I've never been in a third eleven game where there was not only covers, but a super sopper. Well, that's impressive. That is impressive. But if the rain doesn't stop, there ain't much you can do. And of course, what happens when we get back on the M25, Sal? Oh, come on. Rain stops. Yeah. Sun's shining. You know, windows have to be open because the car's so warm, but too late in the day to save us. So we, we didn't get a ball in. Before we crack on to what happened around the league, Sal, we have a task. We have a task. We do indeed, Dan, yes. It is on, I think on Saturday, it's the National T20s finals day at Edgebaston, the T20 spiritual home. And on Sunday, Middlesex, it's our Middlesex finals day at Ealing. And, and one of the reasons, that, well, Ealing's a great place to host it anyway, but one of the reasons it's at Ealing is Ealing are in it. And we are going to do a do the draw right now to decide who is playing whom on Sunday in the finals day. Now, there is a, two slight complications. One is that Ealing are going to be in the first game. Uh, why? Because it's easiest for them to get there. We're assuming Ealing players don't live too far from Ealing. So Bob Baxter, the league 
chairman has, has pointed out or asked us to make sure that Ealing are in the first game. So they will play as team one in the first game. The other teams involved are Harrison Marys, who won their group, North Middlesex. And there's a game that's going to be played this week. Twickenham play Teddington on Wednesday, 5.45 start in Bushy Park. So we've got an either or there. And we'll get now, if Eugene Berger was here, he, he has a very posh velvet bag that looks looks decidedly sort of like it, it's come right off the BBC for their FA Cup draws. I, I don't have a posh velvet bag, Sal. I got to, and I'm just waving this at Sal so he can see it. It's basically my, one of my son's reading bags from school that they stick their books and all their stuff in. And I have three bits of paper in here. They're all very, very firmly scrunched up. You can see them, Sal. Yep, I can see them clearly. Yeah, they're all scrunched up. So I'm going to pull those numbers out now. And I'm then going to read one. And Sal will tell us who is playing Ealing at 10.30. Mix them all up. Here for the grace of God go we. This is in many ways the key ball or the key piece of paper. It's number three. Number three, Dan, is so Ealing will be playing against... He would twickle him with Teddington. That's the last time I do this. <laughs> well, we've got to beat Teddington first, haven't we? Which is a massive yeah. great if. But so Ealing will play Twickenham or Teddington. Now we sort of know who the 130 game is, but I will draw it out anyway, just so that we have a, done the full Monty, as it were. Number one. Well, that's going to be Harrison Marys. So Harrison Marys will be playing in the other semi final. And I assume, and my assumption is correct, and I'm putting these numbers up so Sal can see them. Number two. Harrison Marys will play North Middlesex at Ealing at 1.30 on Sunday. And the winners will play at 4.30, obviously Ealing too. So it's always a great day. I strongly recommend folks go and go and have a look if they're in the area. But even if your team's not playing, you know, the T20 final stage's got plenty going for it. I'm certainly going to pop down in the afternoon, regardless of whether Twickenham are there or not. And hope to see many of you there. Good, good. Moving on. Premier Division. Well, Normally, I'm not, not sure where to start. There's, there's quite a lot of interesting stuff going on. But I guess I've got a fair idea where you, where you might start this week, Sal. Where, where are we going to go first? Dan, we've got, we've got to applaud and say Carlos Luna's take a bow. What a man. He had a good day. Super, superhuman effort from a superman of the league, I would say. He's, I mean, he's superlative. I can't even think of what to start with. To start with right? Prior to Saturday, I'm nicking your notes, Dan, by the way, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some great stats around this, yeah. You did, yeah. He did a great job on that. He had taken zero, no wickets in the last three seasons. This year, taken four wickets at an average of 45.5. Then that changes dramatically on Saturday. He bowls 23.4 overs unchanged. 10 at all that for 172. Figures of 9 for 79. I mean, we know what he does at the bat. Phenomenal batter. Top three in the all-time run scores list. He's, I mean, I won't say he's carried your side in the past in some games, but he's definitely... Well, he's made significant the, contributions. Let's leave it at that, he, yeah. He, he leads from the front. He doesn't yes. hide or shirk responsibility. You know, he's been up the ups and downs of your club for years. And I'm so pleased he had his day on Saturday because he's one of the guys on the league that everyone gets on with and likes. He's a really, you know, just a great captain from white hair as well. And good club man, as I said, really popular guy in the league. So I'm sure... Not myself, but others were really happy for him. Figures are amazing. I'm sure his phone was going crazy. I, I sent him a message, actually. I'm sure his phone was going mad. Saturday night, messages popping through and all WhatsApp group. must have been wild as well. But what a day. You know, 9 for 79. And also, I mean, I'm not sure how people know, but he's had back issues, which have been quite sort of severe. Yeah. I know there was a point where he might have to go to the States to have some kind of work done to help with the pain he goes through. So 
to do that as well, carrying that kind of ailment is just phenomenal. So Carlos, I'm sure this and well done, fantastic effort. Definitely. Well, those who, who know Carlos will remember, well, those who played against him maybe a decade or so ago, will remember that he came to us as a keeper batsman. And he spent, he spent a lot of his, his life keeping wicket and he spent the first five or six years with us keeping, keeping wicket and he, he was pretty damn good at it. But of course, keeping wicket ain't good for your back. And so the problem started there. And then he moved into the field and, 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 and he clearly he bowls, dibbly double stuff, puts it on the spot. And I mean, one of the pluses of our game being rained off at Finchley is that all of the third team went across to Teddington. Our fifth team were playing right next to the first team. It was a bit of a, a Twickenham Teddington fest. And so I, I didn't see I didn't see that much of his bowling. I saw the last two wickets, but the wicket was a bit green. It was one of those days, wasn't it? You know, that they'd had about an hour off. Um, it was it was quite heavy. And someone like Carlos was absolutely perfect for that track. So he was just darting it here, getting people caught behind getting bowling people and, and was really difficult to play. I think the, the quicker you bowled it, the, the more you, the harder you had to work in a way. So Carlos was absolutely perfect for, for that track. And, and yeah, Teddington really, you know, really struggled with him. Whether he expected to bowl 23 overs when he started, so it's another matter altogether, but quite hard to take yourself off when things are going so well, right? It's one of those ones, well. I mean, if Gurdjieff's available, does Carlton take a new ball? Well, that Probably is not. a... That is a good question. And we've got Hampstead next week, which is a, a yeah. huge game, given that they're ninth game. in the league. I mean, in terms of the, the cricket itself, it's probably worth noting Aaron Amin scored a, a very good 58 for Teddington in the middle. And that was quite revealing. He batted really well. He he, he put his head down. He, he, he hit the bad ball. And, and his 58 showed that you could bat. You, you just had to think about what you were doing. And Don, I mean, Don Manuel, he was leaving balls. So I love a leave. But crikey, mm. I was next to the side screen for some of them. And let's just say his judgment was phenomenal. And yeah. of course... A lot of the other boys were playing at those and being caught caught in a slip. Certainly, Pat Dixon went that way. Uh, a couple of others did. So, you know, Don Manuelji's ability to leave the ball was, was really important, him uh, seeing us through to the end. Yeah, I mean, you, you said to me it was, it was pretty dark. Yeah. You know, like Andrew Bruce about the Rockets, you know, really trying to get his side over the line. But, and obviously, Preet Patel, good for him. It's sort of first real sort of knock or any notice, you yes. know, I would say, under pressure against, you know, obviously last year's champions against Brewster. He's probably the one of the most quickest and most sort of like potent bowlers we have in the, in the league itself. Yeah. So I'm sure that's a really given the guys a big morale boost. Well, I find Brewster quite interesting because you know what it's like when things are going well. So like I was walking around the ground and I must have walked about bloody 10 laps, quite frankly. And Preet Patel and Don Manuel just started building up a partnership. So obviously I sort of stopped at one point to chat and couldn't move because you can't move because you'd be morally yeah. responsible for any dismissal that came your way. Of course. And I was right yeah. next to the sight screen. And it was the sight screen that, that Andrew Brewster was bowling at. And it's really interesting listening to him talk to mid-on and mid-off. Because, you know, it wasn't really any trade secrets, but I was close enough to be able to hear it. And the way he was thinking about where he was bowling, but I, I, want, I want so-and-so 10 yards further round. I, I, you know, I remember him saying, he's given me a lot to bowl with here, meaning that I think it was uh, Preet was batting on leg. Mm. So I've got a lot to bowl at here, so I'm going to do this. And, and he was talking the mid-on and mid-off through it. And he has got a massive run-up. You know, he really wasn't too far away from us on, on, the, on the edge of the pitch and on the, on the edge of the outfield. And it, it really was quite interesting to listen to him t t talk talk us, actually, watching through what he was going to do. So he's a craftsman. He, he knows yeah. what he's doing. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And, well, I mean, you know, it was a bit murky at the end, but I think we had the better of the conditions. I certainly not didn't really want to be batting after that rain break. Yeah. Early doors. That was that was quite tough. But also, so, Danny, to mention as well before we move on, Carlos's bag obviously was bad, but not as bad as it could have been because he ended up scoring also fifty-one on the bat. So correct, you know, truly tremendous all-round performance. Nine wickets and fifty-one 
runs in in a, in a difficult chase against a sort of regular attack. So definitely a day to remember for him. Totally. I mean, there was a couple of other comedy moments. I mean, this is not the first time this would have happened, but we had an invasion, pitch invasion. So it wasn't yes, pretty, it wasn't ugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it must have been 20 deer just decided to walk right across the square. And I was quite impressed with the, the coolness of the Teddington team. And basically they clap to get them off. But I couldn't help but thinking, those antlers, those antlers are massive. Yeah, yeah, These are wild yeah. animals. But me and John Fisher, one of the Twickenham boys, we got involved with the clapping as well. And it all added, a, and there's some great pictures, certainly around Twickenham's social feed of, of, and videos of basically playing on while you've got 20 stags at mid-off. And, and it, it is, ECP Premier League cricket with, with, with that sort of background, is, it's, worth, it's worth a look if people have got, got a second of their time. Go on to the Twickenham feed and you'll see some great pictures there. But... Twickenham telling it wasn't the only game in town. There was plenty of other action. And uh, Craig Chen had an interesting day, didn't they? Yeah, so I spoke to him. Realised you were on this game on Saturday. Again, there was some rain involved here. He, he said, I forgot to battle really on and he scored 70. Craig Chen, 2 2 5 for 963. I mean, Apps, we know, bowls Oxford and sort of followed in Carlos' shoes with a 22 over spell. Couldn't take nine, but did take six for 58. However, the Bush pair, credit to those guys, are really sort of dug in there and managed to get the Williams your target to claim the four points. From what I've told, like hearing the captain from Crouching was really pushing for the win. He could have probably just settled to get the draw, but kept attacking until the sort of final over to try and get the victory, which is, which is good, good positive cricket. However, well, he, sometimes you have to gamble. If, if they'd won, then yeah. they'd have got 12 points, wouldn't they? You know, they'd have been top of the league. Well, but however, it was Bush who managed to get the win and draw. So it's still very, still very tight, still, isn't it, in that sort of. Yeah. Top, I'm going to say top half, would you really say top three courses, effectively? Yeah. On the table. And, and Saturday's not really helped that. It was only one win. Twickenham took, took the only side to win. Every other game was either drawn or abandoned. So, so the, the Bushes game was drawn. Stanmore eventually got nowhere near. They were six, Stanmore was 67 for one, and, uh, and, and the rain halted play there. And I guess Stanmore probably had whatever we had because, you know, it, it was pretty heavy in the Potters Bar. So I can understand why some games didn't make it through. There was another abandonment, but one with 73 overs in the day, right? Ealing against North Middlesex. Yeah, so Ealing would definitely ruin the weather. Managed, managed, and batted first and, and scored a very sort of competitive total, you could say. It was definitely pleased, I would say, at the break. 2-1-3 all out. Uh, Mungo Russell revelled in his open batting role at the moment. Known for his bowling, but has been given a chance to open the batting. Scored 59. Another guy who sort of was up the order, a bit dizzy heights, batting seven. Captain Christian Martin. Oh, wow. Well justified, though. Scored 43 not out. As I said, in the total two one three, congratulating Joel Hughes, who is now level with Ben Claypole as the leading seam bowler in Premier cricket history. Well, in, in, for which we have data, yeah, in, in the modern era. Exactly, we need yeah. to make that point clear. Yeah, exactly, that's correct. With that two thousand one, we sort of go back to when it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's took four weeks on Saturday. He's now on two five six. So he needs one more to be the leading we could take in terms of seam bowlers in the Premier. Also, another noble landmark, Evan Flowers, I guess from a few weeks back. He now scored a 7,000th league run to go into fourth place behind Carlos, Jack Plum, and leader Jim Gatton, who sits on 8,050 runs. Batting, but North for Northland was not so easy, though, really. 84 for eight, but then they'll stay by the weather. Now, the now I, I need some context with this, Sal. Were they 84, eight, 84 for eight off 16 and the rain came, or were they given 16 overs to bat? Good question, Dan. Again, as we don't, I know the full facts in some of these games in terms of how the weather affected. Player. I mean, I've got a feeling it might have been just a suggestion. Ealing realised they were struggling. They they didn't really back themselves to have enough overs to bowl North Mid out, so they probably batted as long and they would have kept on going to to give North Middlesex 
effectively nothing and just drive the game down into into Could a three point. Yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, perhaps me and you, perhaps I should have done more research before we did this pod, but I didn't get around to doing it. So, so yeah, odd looking scoreline, eighty four for eight off sixteen, but the, the sum yeah. total of it is three points each, right? Yeah, exactly. And you could be you could be right though. There could have been a situation where there was let's say it was obviously then permitted and did a sport to try and get the win here. Yeah, I remember a game at Edmonton in the twos way back where Edmonton gave us 19 overs. And so the only thing that could really happen was that they could bowl us out, but they didn't. So we were miles off because we were chasing 250 or whatever. And uh, we just had to bat them out. And it was a very, very surreal game. But I sort of get it because if they'd given us any more, then we'd have just got the winning draw. So, so yeah, that, that may have happened there. I think it was something similar. And I'm pretty sure that did happen with Hampstead Bronsby. They bat, Bron- Hampstead batted as long as they could. And Bronsbury sort of went went for it a bit, but lost a few wickets along the way. Another messy scorecard anyway. Yeah, again, and Chastain lost another day where another sort of league legend showed his worth. Wes Moore, he bowled 28 over on Saturday. How long spell? Of 4.59. However, his opening part of the tag was a bit more effective. He took 5 for 76, Hampstead all that for 1.46. However, with the game reducing overs, Ron obviously had the target of getting a win and draw, which they did get to. But Steve McGiffin perhaps took five wickets to really put the pressure on them. But as I said, though, it's Ron who came away with four points and have a nice little lead over that sort of team like near the bottom, I suppose, yeah. which Hampstead are second from bottom now. So, yeah, Bron ended up on 86 for seven, but managed to get the win and draw. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember looking at live scores late-ish in the afternoon and thinking, well, Hampstead are still batting. But pretty quickly became clear to me that they didn't think they were going to have that much room to bowl Bronsby out. So you bat, bat, bat to try and make sure that you, 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 you know, you, you, you certainly don't lose. And I mean, Hampstead are what, 15 points behind Bronsby. I think Bronsby were pretty happy with that. I, I think they were pretty happy with fourth. And that's, that's a fair old distance between them and, and, and ninth position. So, and I suspect Bronsby wouldn't mind tweaking them, getting a the result against Hampstead at the weekend, because if Bronsby can get some points themselves, then, then, you know, that they'll be, in an even better place, won't they? They've had a good first half of the season, basically. Well, if you said after 10 games, they'd be sitting in that position, they'd be delighted with that. So, yeah. Totally. Actually, yeah, 10 yeah, yeah. Very, very much agree. And at the weekend, they play Shepherds Bush, so it's a tough one. Finchley, they play Ealing. So, I mean, that's that's actually 7th v 8. It'd be worth following that one, too. Definitely. And really, as I said, each week, we've got some great matchups. Spot on. Spot on. If we move into Division One, well, first up there was there was an abandoned game. Then it was it was poor old North London, right against Barnes. Yeah, so, so pushed out. Not a ball bowled. Not a ball bowled, mate. Yeah, it was just. Yeah. I mean, the rain did stop eventually, but it was far too wet for any, any cricket to be played. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that happens sometimes. And we had two games that had had positive results. One of which involved Richmond, the top dogs, losing. They got beat by Acton. Yeah, great chase here by, by Acton last over win for those guys. Lucas Carlisle sort of batting down the order. He does open or he's in the top three normally. He was a hero, making 40 not out. They chased down Richmond's 189 for seven. Eddie Bruce won there, sort of young, says that Richmond has got an exciting sort of future ahead of him. Scored 67, but yeah, Rich Acton. Now, they do this kind of run, don't they, where they sort of just slowly creep up the table as the weeks get, you know, there's a game that's sort of like near the end, not near now, so you've still got games to play, but as a sort of Second half kicks in. They do tend to find their sort of stride and there'll be one side to definitely watch as the week's progress in the, in the division. Absolutely. And it's pretty close up there, isn't it? Acton of fourth on 63, North London on 64. That's with the three points from the weekend. And then Hornsey and Richmond and I both on 67. So it's it, yeah. it, it's a tight world. And, and Hornsey, well, I spoke to Jethan Patel about this and he said, damn, we weren't very good. And it does sound like they weren't particularly good, but 
they hung on for a point. And who knows? That point could be absolutely vital. And when I say hung on, I mean hung on, don't I, Sam? Yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, Harrison Rose, 179 for 735, which is, seems like a good sort of innings, really. And Hornsey really dig, dug in here. Daniel loved just digging the day. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got a number of candidates this week, but this is one yeah. of them. I mean, 53 for 9 off 34 overs at 1.81, 8 for 4. And then even worse, 21 for 7. However, 21 for 7. That is really in the mire, isn't it? Damage was done by Brandon Conrad, who's took 6 for 20, including the hat trick. Patel bowled 10 overs, 1 for 4. So, Casimir, sorry, Bob Taylor was one for four over Patel, one for two of six. So, obviously, Battle was really, really tricky. Ten overs for four runs is brilliant. I love that. Yeah. But Tom Wise, as I mentioned, did his best. best, And Jack Bruce also blocked out quite a few scoring, nine of 63 balls. So, yeah, as you said, Dan, that could, that point could be crucial. And also, just denies Harris that really that chance to move up the table if they picked up the 12 points there. Totally. Yeah. I mean, plenty of reasons to hang on. And, and hang on, they did. Um, and as I say... Had a super last month. Is is Southgate? They beat Harrow Town by thirty three throws, thirty three runs, didn't they? Yeah, definitely success success story so far. This division, I would say, would have been many people's candidates to get relegated, and what a result for those guys beating Harrow Town by thirty three runs. Posted one eight five. Akshay Pilalmari. I said his name right. I haven't apologies. Akshay fifty four. I mean, they were struggling eight for eight for five. Now a guy who's really spearheaded the bowling attack for Southgate in the last few weeks. You know, in the final season, Jack Upton, mm. 5.47. He is having a good year, you're right. Yeah, yeah, he's really leading the attack um, really well. Harrotan, all out, all out for 1.52, 44.4 overs. So, mm. as I said, that win, or you mentioned, Dan, it's, it's a great win for Harrotan. Southgate, apologies. They are now actually sitting in position in the fifth in the table. Yeah, they're really delighted that. And they're not just fifth in the table. They're, you know, they're only basically a big win off, off the top. You know, if they get 12 points... There'll be 68, and Richmond and Hornsey are on, on 67. I mean, let's not run before we can walk. If I were Southgate, I definitely just want to keep plodding on under the radar. But they're playing Winchmore Hill on Saturday, who are who are ninth. They didn't get such a, a bad result at the weekend, did they? Obviously, you were there, but yeah. positive sort of winning draw for Winchmore Hill against Hornsey. Yeah, a good win again. Again, as I mentioned, we, we had sort of rain around and went out for one over to start when the rain sort of came in and sort of just took early tea and just obviously wanted to get back on again. We managed to get a game going. It's, it's, it's a tricky one for Sasha, the captain, actually, because it's a bit of a conundrum. We, we obviously know Ossie would go for what's set, and they've got some match winners in their ranks, but obviously they've not had a good start to the season, really struggling at the moment. So when do you declare? That's the sort of question that comes into your head, I suppose. And they they, they had a really good sort of middle-order sort of a partnership between Nursery Squad 50 and Brandon Grabber, who came in and really sort of played really well-played all-time innings. Paced it really well and ended up sort of smacking Fusix at the end, scored 72. I mean, credit to Austin, the bowlers really sort of stuck at it. Hamdullah Siraj took five wickets, but again, as I said, maybe in hindsight, Sasha might think back, I could have decked a couple of overs early. However, they did really bowl really well. The bowlers really stuck to the task. Had obviously nine down in the end, had one over at the last, at the last pair, but couldn't take the final. Did they, any, did they get close? Any, any sort of. The, the yeah, last over, I mean, or... not really. I mean, to credit that, uh, Tuberudin, who batted nine keeper, he batted the last over from Abbey, who he just bowled straight through, took four for 31. Credit to him, he had sort of good temperament, just, you know, blocked balls out of the stumps and left a couple that need to be left. So he looked pretty composed in, in getting the job done. So, yeah, obviously, pick up the point. Doesn't really help them at all in, in where they are, I suppose. Mm. Just the 48 um, points behind Winchmore in ninth. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be. 
It's not I don't see it? them. Yeah, yeah, I don't really see them making that sort of reckless recovery, which will take fine, which will be a positive for them. And as you said, they're going to be playing Southgate on Saturday. I mean, they've got players who can win games for them. As we mentioned, Jim Gatton, over 8,000 runs. I think it's birthday Tuesday as well. So, happy birthday to Jim. But yeah, there's enough players on that side who can win them games of cricket. So, they won't be panicking or getting worried, but they will, they will think Southgate is a game they really need to yeah, yeah. try and get something yeah. out because... You know, the games don't get easier today as the weeks go on. Yeah, when well, opportunity knocks, you've got to take it. That's right, yeah. Now, let's move into Division 2, Sal. I, I don't know where to begin here. I, I guess I guess we should begin at the top, right? And Kenton and Indian Jim had, they had a, a pretty close, a close, it was a pretty close one thing either way, wasn't it? Lots of results in the game until quite late in the day here. With Indian Jim, you know, ultimately getting the winning draw. Yeah, I mean, still we're in top Kenton, but it wasn't a game where probably all results are possible. So going into the last over... Indian Jim needed eight of the last over for to get the, for the winning draw. draw. For yeah. the winning draw. And you've got your ex-player yeah, in the batting, batting again, isn't he? Now, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any sort of full defensive being played when he's batting. Correct. You know more about him than me, Dan. Jim yeah, you've got, him, you've got him sorted. You know him. <laughs> they are nine down as well at the time. So I'm not sure the instructions from the captain were. However, first ball, anyway. <laughs> he's going to whack it anyway. First ball goes for six. Ball two, he smashes it up in the air again. Goes towards mid-wicket. Mid-wicket comes in a little bit early. Goes over his head for four runs. Now, from what I was told, this is from Shops told me today, 25 or four, and he's still teeing off. Look, Nine it's on, down. sadly. If there's four sixes and a well, no ball, they've won. Well, exactly. If you're crazy, can work, then why not go for it? However, they did fall short in the end. By 15 months, Palmy ends up on 28, not out. Yeah, that must be been entertaining, but also probably caused quite a few near-heart attacks in the Indian corner ranks. Well, it would have been Karai. a decidedly silly way to lose a game, wouldn't it? I have to say. Yeah. But yeah, Cal Fishkarai, captain for Kenton, scored 75. Kenton post 180. Another legend of the league, booking the scene. He took 6 for 55. But yeah, so it looks like an entertaining ending to a tight game of cricket. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that means that the two of them are still, are still very much in the promotion box seats. Kenton are on 75 points, Indian Gym 68. And they're nine ahead of Harrow, who. Won pretty emphatically against Southampton. That was two five five for seven off thirty four, which, which really is a decent, a decent inning. Southampton one hundred and seven all out. Southampton now uh, bottom of the table. Elsewhere, Wickham House won impressively actually at high, against Highgate one hundred twenty five all out for Highgate, uh, and Wickham House one hundred twenty nine four. So that, that that's impressive stuff. And they, they are fourth and fifth, just one point between them, which leads me to Enfield v Brentham. So yeah, well, if you're Enfield, you're quite happy, aren't you? You are, because the president's eight, so it'd have been a nice little crowd there. Oh, even um, better, yeah. They were slightly entertained that day. I've played there once, yes, yeah, so that's a really good day there. And Brent from there, holding on and then interview rule, record of the lowest score, all out for 30. Miller Khan, five wickets, Connor Brown, four wickets, and field win by 139 runs. So that's the lowest score, obviously, since we've started yes. collecting yep. rigorous data, which is now a pretty long time ever. Yes. In first 11 cricket, not the lowest score in the league, full stop, but the lowest score ever in first 11 cricket. Yeah, and did you tell me it was Wembley who had the record before? Yeah, Wembley posted, I think, on the Instagram page to say, Thanks, guys, we've got that <laughs> monkey off our back now. And it was 31, wasn't it? And Brentford and Brentham ended up on, uh, on 30s. And actually, it might be against Enfield, that, that might also be against Enfield as well. That one, I'm not 100%, mm. but I think that might. Oh, interesting. Well, Wembley themselves, they, they managed to win and a, a convincing win, actually. They, East Coast 92 all out. East Coast had that charge up the table. 
and it's suddenly charged back down the table. They're back down in eight, but they are 19 points ahead of Brentham. Wembley knocked the 92 off in in eight overs. So they went bish, bash, bosh, and it was 95 for one there. So Wembley are now more or less mid-table and, and looking both ways at the same time. If we move to Division 3, there's new leaders there. We've had a few different leaders in Division 3, and, and this week is the turn of old Isle Worthy. only just come up from Division 4. They've had a great run, haven't they, recently? Yeah, yeah. A bit of a shaky start early on the season, but now they're eight points to go with SKLPC. But with the pack behind, it's, it's really tight now, isn't it? SKLPC on 61, Chiswick 59, Ali Putley 58, Townsend's 57, Titans 56, Trail Funnels 53. It's so crazy, eight points. eight points separates six teams. It's bonkers. That's great. That's what you want then doing in the kind of competitive games going into the final weeks as the season progresses. Yep. Absolutely. So, so lots and lots of action left in that season. Close game for SKLP, who were in the lead at the start of the week, but they, they came off on the wrong end of a six-run defeat against the Titans, 1-3-1 v one two two five. So it sounds like a good game of cricket. And Ealing Trailfinders got, got you know, did pretty well against, against Chiswick. Another side was doing pretty well. Ealing Trailfinders, one eight nine for eight off 39. So they got a winning draw because Chiswick were 97 for seven. We have another dig-in of the day candidate there. So... The tightest division in the league, Division 3. Division 4, well, let's just say it's not so tight at the top there. Friends United are now 28 points clear. I did some maths on this one, Sal. They could be mathematically promoted in three weeks. Right. They are flying. And they beat Kensington. Yeah, Nando's, that's what I would say. Yeah, Nan- Nan- that's they, might, they might upgrade to go somewhere else. Yep. Well, I was going to say, shot all these you know, posh diets. Get to Nando's, fellas. That, that seems to be what fuels promotions in this league. And they, they declared off... 34.5 against Kensington Chelsea on 201. And uh, Kensington Chelsea got nowhere near. They were 85 all out. The race for seconds hotting up. West Harrow are currently there. They're on 69. But Headstone Manor and Lancashire Lions are also definitely in the mix. West Harrow, they... Now, I like this declaration, Sal. They were 2-2-2 two, two, two for 7 off 37. But they gave Willow Leather many more overs. Willow Leather were all out in the 48th over for 113. So that's the type of... Great declaration time. I like. You've got, pl- you got enough runs on the board. If Willow there to chase it, you take your hat off, but they didn't. So you walk home with 12 points. Good on you. And the other two sides in that mix, Lanka Lions and Headstone Manor, played each other and Headstone Manor came out on top by, well, by some distance. It was 68 all out, the 69-4-3. Now, if we look at Division 5, well, Pinner Pinna Challengers are the team there, aren't they? They're, they're, they're quite a long way clear. Really good run. And also, like I said, running away with Dowry, 19 points clear. They have um, had a good run, that's right. Beats Swain Baffer by five wickets. Swain Baffer, one, seven, eight, all out. And they'll be worrying time to Swain Baffer now, yeah. now dropping to relegation. Yeah, absolutely. And I spoke to, uh, to Shrikant for Swain Baffer, and he said Pinner Challenge is the best side in the league, the best all-round side in the league. So this one defeat, you know, won't, won't define their season. But after 10 games, when you're ninth, you know, you, you, do, you do scratch your head a bit. So they'll, they'll need to get their act together, much like they did last season, actually. They were in a similar position then to make sure they don't go down. New Calypsonians, they are doing their best to keep up with Pinner Challengers. They're 13 clear in second. They just about beat Northwick Park, 107 v 109 for eight. One other thing in this division, Sal, North London Muslims, the, well, the whole league's you know, run producers of late. They, they didn't need 300 this week. They, they beat Priory Park, who scored 63. So North London Muslims didn't need 300, but they did lose a few wickets on the way. They were 67 for five and... Paul Smith provided me with a, with a great stat. Imran Muller, their, their go-to man with the bat, he scored 513 runs in June. I, 
there's only a small number of seasons where I've scored 513 runs in total. <laughs> now, that is impressive, 513 runs in, in June. So hats off to Imran Muller, even though he didn't need not you know nearly as many at the weekend for North London Muslims to come through there. Division 6, Stal. Well, I, I, I'm losing track of what to say on this one. I think the Stallions are stuck in the stables, aren't they? I mean, it, right. things are really falling apart. I don't know what's happened there. I need to look into this. I need to do <laughs> some worries. research done to find out. I mean, up to, I think, two, three weeks ago, flying, weren't they? Unbeatable. And they against Kings. Actually, I think last year, I think they had a game against these guys called off. So, I don't know if we're really more into it than we should do. But, oh, however, God, yeah. yeah. I dare not ask what that's all about then. The match conceded against Kings of Destruction now dropped down to third place. Devastating mm. news for me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, you'd have to come to terms with that one over the next few days. But it's a bit weird because they were doing really well. Then they lost two on the bounce and then they conceded again. That's. That's not a recipe for success. So, yeah, let's see what happens with the Stallions next week. South Harrow, top of the pile. They beat Ealing Three Bridges. They got they scored 300. I think they're the only first team in the Middlesex League to score 300 this week. And, you know, some sides have been piling on runs for fun. Not this week, they haven't. So, so fair play to South Harrow. 302 for 8 off 45. Ealing Three Bridges, 140. All out. United Sporting Club just behind them. They just about got home against a, a competitive North Hall Manor. Last division in the top, in, 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 Division 1 team, Division 7, uh, just the two games there, so I weren't there. They were indeed, Dan. As you know, this division, there's less games played on a weekly basis. London Desperado now sort of stretching away, 13 clear, beat Tamil United by five wickets, 1 2 6 all out Tamil United. Desperado's got them for a loss of five, as I said, to a 1 2 8 for five in the end. And the only other game, which you'll love down here, digging the day can be for you again here, mm. Metadors playing in Kingsman. Kingsman posted 173 for seven declared, and Messlors really did dig in 68 for nine or 32 overs. Not as solid as Harris Hornsey, sorry, better than they were more, but still, that is some going. So, well Impressive. done. If you can't win, don't lose, absolutely. And they're only two points away from Tamil United, so that point, you know, as we've said before, who knows, could be, could be of some use. If we look at the highs and lows, well, it has been an interesting week there. As I say, only one score um, in first 11 cricket above 300. So well done to South Harrow. They are the highest score of the week, 302 for eight in Division 6. The lowest score, well, that's Brentham, as we've said. 30 all out. That is an all-time, in terms of modern, the modern era, record. And it's, I'm sure it's a record they don't really want. The highest score in the league. There were a few 300-plus scores elsewhere in, in, in second and third, second and third tier cricket. That goes to Southampton thirds. They scored 323 for seven declared. So it must have been, must have been at least one flat track somewhere in Middlesex on Saturday. They were playing Shebu, Shebu fours, and they were 180 for eight off 51. So that certainly Southampton, that they faced 10 overs fewer than they gave Shebu, but they held on for the losing draw. Lowest score in the league, well, it wasn't Brentham. We had a lower score than that. New Calypsonian seconds. They managed just 26, chasing Bahani twos, 196 all out. And that is Sal officially the lowest score by any side in a completed innings in any division this season. So sort of maybe congratulations, Calipernius. I'm not sure that that's right, the right word. But yeah, it is now a new record. Beginning of the day, we've we got three contenders, Sal, haven't we? Do you want to talk us through? Yeah, we have two really mentioned, haven't we? Matador's game and Harold game. And finally, we go to Acton for 11, playing Richmond in Division 1 of the 11 format. Tier, sorry. Richmond, 130 all out. And then Acton, 65 for 8 of 29. But I think my, my vote goes to Hornsey. 
Yeah, I think you're right. As in most weeks, that Acton 65 off 29, that, that would walk home, but not, not this week. I think 53 off 33, 53 for 9 off 33 for Hornsey against Harrison Mason. Div 1 is our digging of the day. We salute you. We also have another tie, Sal. Now, ties, you know, they do periodically happen, but I thought this one was worthy of a, a mention. Wembley 2s were involved in this one. They were 203 all out of 53 against East Coast 2s, who were 203 all out of 45. I noticed Lancelot McIntosh played for Wembley. I have never played against a Lancelot. I'm pretty, pretty sure of that. So good, good, to have, good to have him involved. But that's not the reason I mention it. East Coast were 41 for 5, chasing 203, and then 108 for 8. 203. So they needed 95. You'd think they were struggling. Number 10 comes in. Thomas Butcher, he ain't messing about, so he hit 61 off 69 balls. He's the last man out bowled with the scores level. And I'd oh, love to mate. know was he, oh, what was he doing. Was he, was he try, and they had plenty of time. Was he trying to whack it? Was it a good ball? Don't know. But whatever it was, he got 61. He saved them. And I suppose you can look at it that he got five points for them because that's what you get for a tie. When I, I think all was lost at 108 for eight. So sounds like a bit of a thriller in, 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 in that particular division. If we move on to other any other business, well, it wasn't such a thriller between Teddington and Banbury, was it? In the national knockout, although I'm quite happy that it was that way. Yeah, Teddington, fantastic performance against Banbury. This was the last 16 ties. They've gone to the national sort of stage now. And they've booked a trip to Penzance, which will be a surely nice trip to look forward Ouch. to in the um, final eight. Yeah, Anton posted two five seven for seven of forty overs, two hundred one eighty five, and a rapid eighty not out from Benny Williams. Set a really tough target, and Bamber never in it. All out for hundred sixteen. Ten team was really getting to work. I did notice, obviously, team was a bit different to Saturday. So maybe I don't know if that was something. That was no, 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 no. Twicken have got an assist on this one. So oh, that's okay. the narrative. No, I'm seeing. We poked the bear. Yes, and the bear woke up. It did wake up with Abhishek Junjun Waller in it, <laughs> and a couple yeah. of other people. But that, that's the official. Like, no, no, you're cool. right. It was a bit of a different side, but still, uh, what still, performance? Yeah, I mean, and as I said, journey to Penzance. I did actually look up the journey to get to Penzance. I'm not going to go down there at all. But you're looking at a roughly a ten hour round trip. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Ealing in the past when they used to have these sort of long journeys international to the south coast or I'm sorry, not to count more the west country. I imagine they would often either set up after the game on Saturday or play, obviously, it's a massive commitment playing two days, would probably choose to play Sunday rather than Saturday. Now, whether that affects Teddington's team for the Saturday game against North Mid, where they're away, I think it'd be interesting to see. Well, that's um, potentially, you know, you don't have league decisions at the end of July, but I mean, they will not want to just give North Middle a yeah. point, will they? So Yeah, but also it's, it's a massive game as well. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. I'm sure Alistair Pollock is making... Just arrangements as it is now. So that game's going to be played on the 30th of July. As I said, Penzance, this won't be an easy game at all. They, they won their game by two wickets, chasing down 294 and 38.1 overs, and also currently top in the Premier Division of Cricket Count, sorry, Cornwall Cricket League. So yep. they're no mugs. I'm Why not about Penzance? I've gone so, in there. Because I, went, I, went, I was down in Cornwall in, at Easter 2022, and Obviously, I go and watch some cricket. Of course, Obviously, yes. it goes without saying. But gave, gave the missus a bit of you know, yeah. a few hours free on the beach and, and wandered off with my two boys. And I watched Penzance play St. Just. Oh, wow. Um, good standard of cricket. It was pre-season friendly, but it was a cup game. You know, some leagues do that. So there was a little bit on it. And, it, you know, I mean, I, talking to a few folks there, as you do, and Penzance have got significant financial back, backings. We're okay. talking, you know, you know, very significant to the extent where the guy who bankrolls them took the side in April 22 for a week to Dubai. 
I mean, we mentioned this a few, yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, that they're, they're I don't, I don't think they have the same attitude to money that we do here in Middlesex. So, yeah. that they definitely recruit decent players based on what they can offer them as a financial incentive. So, so that they've got a strong record in that league, they will absolutely not be pushovers. Teddington will have to bring their A game, and you know what? I'm sure they don't need don't need me to tell them. They'll be well aware of it, and and we wish them well. And 30th of July, right? That's correct. Yeah. And we're sure there'll be a big crowd as well because I know all these sort of national games you get the town sort of popping down when you're playing these yeah. kind of teams. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a trek and it's just how they manage it. It's be interesting to see what they, what they tend to do. Or, you know, so it's an overnight trek. Is it early yeah. morning start? Either way, it's going to be long. But yeah, as I said, I'm sure everyone in the league, we're hoping they can get a victory and maybe get a home time. I'm not sure how the draw works out afterwards, but, you know, it's going to be a tough game, but they've got enough good players in their side to definitely overcome yeah. it. The West Coast and it's the last day of the National. You, you don't expect walk in the park in the last day of the National, do you? You're no, going to play good teams. So. Yeah, you look at the sides, they've done some great sides. They've definitely got, actually got last two, last year's winners and semi runners-up boasted in the competition going to the final eight. So it just shows the pedigree of some of these sides how, how yep. strong they are. Yeah, absolutely. But you are right. I don't think I'm going to get away with that. I'm just popping out to watch the National, darling. You know, that's not going to work, is it? <laughs> with... They might stream it, hopefully. I'm not sure if they've got a live stream, but hopefully they have. Oh. They'll be something to keep an eye out for. I'd actually thought that that would be fantastic if they could do that. Yeah. yeah, we will. We will see when we get there at the end of the month. Where are you on Saturday, Sal? Are you anywhere nice? I've got a tasty little game to look forward to. I've got Harrow playing Indian Jim Carner, second Ooh. v third. Good stuff. Now that is an interesting game, and that's at Harrow, right? I'm standing with Raj Patel, who you know well. Who was it? To... Teddington on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, was he? Okay, fellow Gunnar, fellow Arsenal fans. So that'd be nice to compare. Oh well, you can't have everything. Now on the go. So yeah, looking forward to that. Should be a good game and. Yeah, look forward to Saturday ride as well. Excellent. No, it will be a good game. And, and I think, you know, secondary third is always, you know, always offers something, doesn't it? Great stuff. Sal, always a pleasure. Go well this week. And I, I guess I may see you at finals day. Are you going to pop down? I will try. I might be doing North London's MDL side, but I'll okay. see what time we get there, yeah. We will see how that develops. Cool. Well, have a good week and we'll reconvene next week. Cheers, Dan. Take care, mate. Cheers, Sal. All the best. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.